Special thanks to our promotional partners at the American Philatelic Society. The APS is the largest stamp collecting organization in the world, supporting collectors of any level worldwide. For more information about membership and APS services, visit stamps.org. I'm Charles Epting from HR Harmer in New York City. I'm Michael Cortese, Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. Now, Michael, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I don't remember exactly, we spoke with Isabel about the forthcoming virtual StampX. Um, she gave us a little bit of a private tour and then it gave us some information about what to expect. And now it is uh, mid-October and virtual StampX has, I don't want to say come and gone because for the next uh, a couple of weeks, it is still accessible uh, until the 28th of October. But um, the, the the live component of the show has come and gone. And we thought it would be fun to circle back around and sort of catch up with uh, with the PTS, with the Philatelic Trader Society, about how virtual stamp X went. So who are we going to be talking to today? Not Isabel this time, but... We're talking to Suzanne this time, uh, chairman of the Philatelic Trader Society. Excellent. And, and she sort of oversaw this whole project and I think was the um, the driving force behind virtual stamp X. So it'll be interesting to talk to her after the fact and yeah. see how things went and, and certainly see how things are going to go, where things are going to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Almost like a debriefing of the... Exactly. The exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get we'll get the, the lowdown on the whole show and see what went well and maybe what they want to implement next time. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun when we attended. I know we got a couple new customers, made a couple new contacts, um, and we're you know they sent us our um, our stats last night actually. So we got to see how many unique people came, how many people clicked on all the links. It was they've been really um, really good talking to the to the with, with the virtual show. It must be a lot easier to quantify these things. You know, show you know. Uh, you can't really measure how many people stop by your booth or are they just stopping to pick up a free pen or are they actually interested in what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, not that I've had that happen at shows before, but, <laughs> uh, but it, it's interesting. They can quantify it. Let's get Suzanne on so we can hear, um, you know, straight from the source, uh, how things went. Fantastic. Um, I'll bring her in. Perfect. Let's talk to her. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Michael and Charles. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Really, really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on Conversations with Philatelists. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time out to um, to meet with us. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, the virtual StampX and how it how it went this past past weekend. Yeah, well, I think it went um, really well. I think it was better than we could have expected, really, for our first go at this uh, new platform uh, for StampX. And um, we've had feedback. Um, with words like groundbreaking and future philately, which is really exciting. And we've been seeing some press coverage and and and, and so far people have really uh, received the show well. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Obviously, I, I think the hobby's been moving uh, in a digital direction over the last couple of years. Um, and obviously nobody could have predicted what happened this year, but we've seen a lot of societies and clubs switch to Zoom meetings. Was this something that you had in mind for StampX, um, you know, b- before we were forced to go in this direction? Is this a direction you were hoping to take StampX naturally? Yeah, um, certainly a kind of a couple of years ago when I took on the chairman role of the PTS, um, I was kind of really wanting to make sure that we we weave technology into as many aspects of what we deliver for our members. And that included StampX. Um, 
Uh, but in my head for StampX, having kind of an online component, it was more kind of five or six years in the future as opposed to, um, you know, as of February, March this year, it was five or six months to deliver to deliver something. Um, but yeah, but it was the idea was to have an online component that sat alongside the physical component, having to obviously replicate the entire show online. Um, I often use the example of Wimbledon tennis, um, that people kind of uh, can physically go and watch the tennis in London. But for many people who are tennis fans, or not even tennis fans, just kind of quite enjoy watching a tennis match at that level, um, they can watch that online or on their TV. They can buy their uh, their um, souvenirs um, on the online shop and things. And the idea for um, an online component of Stampex was very much the same thing. Not everyone can travel to London and be at the show for the four days. Can we bring... The, the best parts of the show, the talks, the, the buying, the selling, the networking, what can, how can we bring that to an international stage? Um, and, and, and in particular, so that people maybe have been watching Wimbledon or Stampex for a number of years and think, Do you know what, I'm going to go to London, I'm going to go and see this world-class star myself. Um, so to have that is also like a marketing part of, of bringing new visitors to the show, certainly something we're looking at. But yeah, let's just bring on a COVID scenario and, and we we just have to do all of <laughs> But I think we've, we've done it. I think we certainly will do it again and also make sure that we've got that kind of online and physical component together. Yeah, you, you were definitely thrown into the deep end with this. So the VFairs medium that you used, was this something you'd already had your eye on? Or do you think this is going to be something you're going to be using in the future when you try and keep it with a virtual touch? Yeah, great question, because I think there's a few things that have helped. When we were talking about this being five or six years in the future, it was because we weren't, I don't think we were quite culturally ready for it yet. You know, our members, the collectors, um, and, you know, in the early days of, of the of the pandemic, we had people calling their families via Zoom or FaceTime. We had people suddenly realising that they can't get their fix from their local stamp shows. So they're going on to these online platforms and dealers online shops for the first time and so we were kind of the, the culture was already starting to shift um, and we knew that there was other um, uh, societies and magazines creating their own virtual shows um, but the Stampex International brand is big right everyone knows Stampex so um, we wanted to make sure that if we we're going to do this virtual thing that it was going to be bigger and better um, than anything else out there. And that's really the pitch we were going at. And we looked at developing our own software, which I'm really glad we didn't do now. Um, and then we looked at a number of different uh, trade show software providers. And we did choose VFairs, and we've had a wonderful experience with them for the last few months. I've just come off a call with the developers just now. We've got lots of exciting things that we want to build and show, things that we didn't quite you know, have time for or, or weren't comfortable doing this time, but um, a lot more that we're going to be offering in, in future. Yeah, the um, the next one's supposed to be in February, right? I know we don't necessarily know what the future looks like, but do you at least have you at least started a plan for that? Whether or not you are going to, it sounds like you're going to continue using VFairs. But yeah, we will continue to have a virtual um, show. I think going forward, um, complement um, time or maybe in between the physical shows that we have. Um, as of a few weeks ago, we were 100% committed to running the physical show in London in spring. Um, we've done a lot of research into how we make the floor plan COVID safe. Um, the business design centre where we run it in London is considered kind of a gold standard in event spaces. So we couldn't be asking for a better place to be running this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, track and trace, 
Um, unfortunately, the UK government has announced some news recently, which is putting February kind of back into question. Um, uh, so we're kind of watching wait really on that. We're hopeful we can run a physical show because we get them back into our hobby. It's really important. Um, if not, then it's likely we'll run a, a, another virtual Stampex in February, March. Time. So how many dealers did you have at the virtual show compared to the and can i ask you about the number comparisons or great great question so we normally have about 95 to 100 um stands at at physical stamp picks dealers includes auction houses magazines um children's stands a whole breadth of 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 of, of um, philately there. Um, we had eighty four at the virtual show, so a little bit less. But I think given that we were this was quite new and we didn't have a whole lot of time to market it, I was quite happy with that number. Um, and since um, even during the live show, we've had a lot of um, members, non-members, asking and be involved in future shows. So um, that, that's that's really positive to have had that. Um, we had three hundred. 24 unique visitors during live event. Um, normally at physical Stampex, we have between 8,000 and 12,000 visitors. We don't have the same ability to track the numbers as we do using technology. So at Stampex, people can't kind of come in and out throughout the uh, 75,000 uh, booths, booth visits. So that's, um, I think, much more than we would expect with a, with a physical show. Um, some of our um, premium booths were receiving 2,000 2,000 plus uh, visitors to their booth over the three days. Mm-hmm. And I think most of said that is more than what they would normally have at a, at a physical show. Yeah, I think Wade, when we talked to him about putting on the um, the international show in New York, said that they estimated people, what did it, Charles, uh, re-entered the show about times over the course of three days. So, it, the yeah, definitely... It it sounds gauging from from what Wade had said that there were more attendees for the virtual show than the than the physical one. Definitely, and we're still li- we're sort of not live with the chats yeah. functions, um, but we're still on demand until the twenty eighth of October. Um, and in the last uh, since we've moved from live on demand, we've had another one thousand visitors to the show. So okay. it's still there. The- Talks are still there. The booths are still there. The offers are still there. The museum of philosophy is still there. Mm. Um, there's this. There's uh, still pushing um, to get people to connect with the show. Um, and and you know the numbers so far. A lot of those are repeat visitors. So those are people who've gone out um, and back in since it's been on demand, which is which is great because it's, although it's 24 hours a day, it's still not a lot of time to get round. 80 plus booths, see the Museum of Philately, go to the Spank Auditorium, you know, watch those 11 amazing talks. So there's, 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 there's need more time, <laughs> but you don't well, have it because you'd be chucked out the door and told us to go back home. <laughs> well, so w- when you say that, I think that's one of the most interesting concepts of a virtual show versus a physical show. Physical show, you get there at 10 o'clock in the morning and they kick you out at six or whatever. The fact that you were open for 24 hours, did you see a, a good amount of international participation? Maybe people in Asia or North America logging on at, you know, a reasonable time for them, but, you know, but the middle of the night in the UK? Yeah, we, we definitely were heavier on the European and US um, visitor registrations. We can see that we had, we've now got over six and a half thousand registrations from over 100 
108 countries now. So that's incredible to see. But we do know that um, there's the, the registrations were mostly US and, and Europe. Um, but we did see visitors clicking in all around the clock. And that was quite a big decision for us to go 24 hours because it did mean that we needed to staff it ourselves as the PTS, but also our booth holders had to think about whether they could also staff the booth. And I know that many of them did. Many of them were online in those chat rooms 24 hours a day, um, handing over, handing off to different people. But that was that was really cool I think, for us to make sure that our members were open to the entire world, which they do anyway. You know, we, we do run our businesses um, outside of standard office hours to make sure that we meet client demands. And yeah, it should be any different, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I saw a lot of people talking throughout hours or, or things like that. It really helped connect. Um, I think giving dealers or, or people in the U.S. or people in the U.K. A, a, a direct connection to customers that may have not been able to contact the actual representatives directly, it, it felt more personal than email. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many of our members that are getting more and more engaged on social media as well nowadays. And that's that's 24-7. You know, there's, there's no getting away from it. Um, and if that's a behavior that's starting to come about in people's lives day to day, then that behavior is great to be able to um, reflect in, in, a, in a statue. So those talks the, that went on, the 11 talks, they are live or not live. They're, they're sitting on the... Spink Auditorium now for the on-demand. Yeah, so you can still go and see those. And again, there's been some really interesting um, stats on on those talks. Um, the most popular talk um, was the post-crossing World Postcard Day event live because that was, you know, I think 500 odd people getting together and showing off postcards. And it was just a really exciting event. Um, but we saw some popularity of talks at all times. We had, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, UK time, 8 o'clock in the evening, UK time. So we saw good traffic again across the talks. Um, and now that we're in on demand, we can see that some talks are proving to be more popular than others for people to go back to. So we can see that people are recommending certain talks on their own networks. Oh, you need to go and see that one in StampX and track it quite high at the moment in terms of views since, since, the, show's, since the show's gone into on demand. So we'll keep an eye on that. What is some of the best feedback you've received, either from dealers or from just attendees or, um, you know, auction houses? What What are the, some of the things you're hearing that you may take into account, um, you know, for, for the February virtual show or even um, further on long term? What, what's been the, the best constructive criticism um, that you've received for the show, would you say? I know it's kind of a tough question. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll start with the, the collectors. Um, they... I think the feedback from collectors was that the social side of it and being able to engage with other collectors from all around the world. And in particular, there'd be no barriers as to which chat rooms you could enter or which ones you felt comfortable in. Everybody was equal. That seemed like quite a, um, a, a bonus for people. You couldn't, I don't know, I, I always use example. I know that um, Graham Exploring Stamps uses exactly the same example. The first time I ever went to StampX um, was probably about 12, 13 years ago. And as a collector, and I had a collection to sell, I went, went into physical Stampex. I walked around. I felt quite intimidated. I walked back out again. And I know that Stampex has done so much to try and make sure that the show is more engaging for people and put on lots of other attractions. Um, but I felt like with this virtual Stampex is that there was no, you didn't know whether someone was old, young, new, experienced, male, female, whatever. You didn't know that. 
Um, and that just meant, meant, I think, that people felt a lot more comfortable in those elements. So that's certainly the feedback we've had from the collectors. Um, we do know there's some challenges with the chat function, direct messaging and things that we want to, to make some improvements on for the next show. Um, for the dealers, I think, again, just that ability to access new customers from all around the world. The feedback has been from many of our members that they might have um, picked up you know, 40, 50 new clients, but those are people that they've never come across before. And that's really exciting for our members to, it's not just the same people you see at Stampex every time, which is wonderful to see them. And that's part of the social element. Um, idea of being able to access new markets has certainly been a positive from from the dealers and and even from me you know you you're not got that thing where you're two days before stampex having to go down to the show unpack all your stock be on show for all that time and then pack everything down get back home get back to the office and having loads of orders to deal with you can do that real time while you're at the show um you can have to say have you got something in stock and you can go and say, give me five minutes, I'll go and check for you. You wouldn't be able to do that um, if you were physically somewhere else. So there's been that kind of feedback coming from, from the members as well. Um, again, just you know, enhancements that we want to make to the ability for find the right booth um, so that they know if they're specializing in certain something, but they never they don't know the names of the dealers, who who would be the right person to go to. Um, that's something that we're also looking to enhance for, for next time. Um, and and yeah, just even more opportunities for people to connect or meet the dealer for an hour in a, in a central place, you know, rather than you having to go into every chat room, you can go into one chat room facilitated by the PTS and you can meet people and we can facilitate that. Um, I think the booth reps also enjoyed the booth rep chat room. We had a special chat room, which visitors would have known about where we were all in there and having some, some really great fun in there and, also some great knowledge sharing. So I know that one of our members found out a, a new live chat tool that could embed into their website. Intermember um, conversation happening as well, which was really exciting. Yeah, it would, it sounds like the chat feature was really a, um, a terrific aspect of the entire thing. I, the The level field for absolutely everyone isn't something that I'd even considered before, but now that you say it is um, makes total- it's very democratizing. It it you know sort of um, knocks everybody off their pedestal and and puts you on a level playing field, which is great. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it makes what's I mean the last few months because of the coronavirus, a lot of our, our dealers have had to adopt new technology. Some of them have had to build websites for the first time. Some have had to go onto platforms like eBay and Delcamp. So people have had to adjust, and you know even things like getting a, a laptop which has video so that. You Use the video chat. So it's it's playing. It's a level playing field, but it's also up the game for 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 a lot of people within the trade, which is which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, giving them a lot more outreach than they. they... I, I I was on a, a stamp club Zoom meeting last night when you talk about that, and there were people in that meeting who I knew did I, I know did not know what Zoom was um, a couple of months ago, <laughs> and to be able to see their faces like that, I, I think you're exactly right that it doesn't just level it; it elevates everybody. It doesn't just level everybody. That's the word. I mean, this this is this has been an absolute meteorite crashing into Earth. This thing has made a lot of people shift and evolve. Um, and 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 probably the stamp trade needed it a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I kind of the last AGM we had for the PTS, I said I need us to stop talking about the 1970s. You know, not not helpful to keep comparing the 1970s. We have to compare this year to last year and, and next year to this year, and we've got to you know build on on where we are today. And I think that you know. It wasn't necessarily that that case for change. So the idea of a virtual stamp show 
um, you know, a year ago, not get the need for that. Whereas we've got now, we're saying, oh, cool, yeah, okay, we need it again. It's cool, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, it definitely well received by everybody I've spoken to and everything I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was very lucky. I had a call from our um, sponsor, um, Spink, from Willoughby and um, Stocker this morning, just congratulating us on the show. And I think that that's the thing is, is that people are already pushing at the forefront of technology and now they have been given this thing that they can use, Ampex brand around it. And um, and people just want to know what, what is it going to be next time bigger and better. So more talks, more networking opportunities, better chat facilities. Asking if you guys had any feedback on, on what you think we should things that you would be looking for out of virtual Stampex uh, next year? That it, it all seemed so great. I think so fantastic that pairing it with a physical show will be incredibly interesting, giving people the ability to have a laptop next to them and reply to people across the, across the country um, in chat to check their physical stock at a physical show to tell them if they've gone and whether, whether or not, if they buy it, then they take it out of their physical stock. I think, I think it implementing it will with a physical show will be really beneficial. And I like the way that it, I like the way it was presented and I think it will fit in very nicely. Um, to physical. I, th- I think what's interesting too, obviously with stamp shows, there's a lot of stratification. You have your local shows with a couple of dealers, you have your, you know, regional shows, and then you have your your big shows. You know, everything from the the little local stamp and coin show up to in the U.S. We have APS Stamp Show, and in the U.K. there's StampX. And I think it's interesting that a lot of these smaller shows are trying to adapt to the digital world, and it's in some cases just a an HTML page of links to dealers' websites. And I think you're right when you say that um you know StampX is a brand that everybody knows and that everybody. Um, respects and loves and everybody dreams of going to London for Stampex. I think it's great that you're taking such a bold, um, uh, you know, approach. You don't want to attach the Stampex name to something um, that feels half-hearted. It's nice to see that the the most revolutionary, I think you could say, virtual show so far has been from, you know, the the most respected brand name, at least in in UK Flatland. So I'm happy to see that. You know, you're going for something big. It's not just let's have a list of links on our webpage and call it a virtual show. It's let's actually try to recreate. Again, you can't recreate everything, but as much as can be translated to the virtual yeah. sector as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're here for as the Philatelic Trade Society. We're, we just have to make our members look good and make sure that collectors realize that our members are the philatelic professionals wherever they are in the world. And, you know, the Stampex brand not be reflective of the of the standard of our members. And that's what we were trying to do with this is, you know, it is a bit of like go big or go home. I mean, this, this right. was a lot of work <laughs> to make sure. Um, we didn't go, have to go home. But um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's, I think... Um, point michael about the um pairing it with the physical show i think that's a big decision for us as to whether we do it exactly the same time i mean i don't know about you on your stand but there's no way that i would have time to be polite yeah. customer who's physically there and also be kind of with the things that were happening on the laptop so um you know it might be that people have a physical booth virtual booth. some may feel it could have both or we just times on it a little bit different so that you know, we may be on the physical show for three, four days and then give people a chance to uh, develop some, to really maximize the, the, the opportunities there. 
And a lot of dealers who said, you know, that they so much functionality there is getting to grip with how do you make it work for your for your customers. So some of them did some great work at integrating marketing campaigns on social media and putting on offers, doing ring fence stocks, special stocks for Stampex and shots. You know, some 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 dealers really kind of took advantage of everything. Um, you know, templates into chat rooms. Uh, some great things and I think that's also about knowledge sharing so that was the case across the across the room we're sharing you know how do you make it work for you and so much of that can be replicated into physical stamp shows yeah so the learnings are, are across the sphere it's just how you create the right things to to make sure your customers are happy yeah well and I'm certainly looking forward to to how it how it works out with the physical shows um how you how you proceed with that but it sounds like this time it was just uh terrific success hopefully you can catch your breath now and uh you know take take a little little bit of relaxation before you have to worry about february yeah maybe <laughs> that's not my style Charles. <laughs> so excited by this i'm just trying to like you know make sure that we're i mean we ha- we're still in on demand we're still in on demand till 28th we're gonna make sure as many people um you know can see the show you know, enjoy the talk, talks, have a look at the museum flatly. Um, you know, so we, we're going to be putting on a, I don't know what we're calling it, but some kind of like treasure hunt where collectors can come in and explore the show and they can win a prize. So there's lots of things that we still want to be doing to make sure that we um, maximize um, the, the show and get as many people through it as, as possible because it is, it is different. It is um, something new um, and, and hopefully more people can enjoy it over the coming weeks. Yeah. Will the the talks be accessible after the on-demand period or no? Um, I think we've said that um, some of them may be and some of them we've been asked only to have them available for the show. So it depends on the speaker and what what their preference is. So, yeah, try and get in if you can. (laughs) Look at any that you've missed. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's there until the 28th. Registration's free. There's definitely no reason to not get in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for for joining us, and uh, this has been this has been great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure we'll speak again soon, guys. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We, we, as things progress towards um, you know towards winter, spring of next year, we'd love to hear more about how things are developing. So we'll we'll circle around and, and touch base with you again if that's all right. That'd be amazing. And we have another little thing which we're planning to launch later this year, um, early next year. So I might be back in touch with you guys to see if we want. So talk about that. There's another PTS initiative that I'm really excited about. Oh wow! Please, absolutely. Keep keep an eye on us. You know where we are at PTS and Stampex. That's great. Thank you so. Well, much. We'll talk to you soon. That's right. it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but whether physical Stampex happens in London in February, and whether we as Americans are even legally allowed to go to physical Stampex, if there is such thing, um, I'm excited for for virtual Stampex again. I'm excited to see where they take it. It's amazing what they could put together in five or six months and given another, um, you know, four or five months you know, until the next show. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they're able to put together. Yeah, they've got a head start this time. They know, yeah. they know where they're going to take it. It looks like they're all set up with... They, they went from zero to 60 really quick. Now it's about that extra, you know, 10, 20% of what they wanted to implement, I feel. And, and it'll be fun. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you there again. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can, we can, as things get closer and as plans materialize, we can hopefully um, highlight that and, and um, you know, maybe give, give our listeners a peek into what the PTS plans on undertaking. 
Yeah, they're definitely paving the way for future virtual shows or the implementation of a virtual aspect, at least with physical shows, whether, like she said, it be side by side or, or paired together happening at the same yeah. It, it, it really sounds like they're putting a lot of thought into this and they're making sure that it that it's the best possible outcome for the customers and the dealers and all collectors. Absolutely. It's obviously a very steep learning curve, but I think that um, uh, to see where it goes from here will be really interesting because, again, it's uh, the fact that they were even able to put a virtual stamp X together in just a couple of months is shocking. It, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in. Um, you know, Susanna or Isabel shoes putting something like this together. But the fact that they were able to do it so quickly, I, I think it's very promising for where things will go from here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to the next one and see what they bring out. And it's, it's nice that they've kept it open until the 28th. People yeah. will view those, those. There's still one or two talks that I missed that I want to go back and see. So it's, it's nice to know that those are there for the time being. And the Museum of Philately information is just, it, yeah. it's all incredible. It's super detailed. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. You've got a um, tablet or computer or anything. It almost makes it like a like a book that was never published. Absolutely. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and again, let's let's see where they go from here. Let's let's stay in touch with uh, with the PTS and, and um, you know, circle back around as soon as they have more to announce. Yeah, looking forward to it, actually. Me too. Until then, people can hear us on... YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Yep. Probably a bunch of other services. Um, exactly. We do have a website. We do. Philatelypodcast at dot com. The address is philatelypodcast. dot com. Yeah. Uh, we usually go with the email first. That is philatelypodcast at gmail dot com. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any recommendations for something we can talk about? If you yourself would like to uh you know appear as a guest contribute to cwp uh, we'd love to hear from you we always like getting feedback so whether it's a, a comment or a, a private message on twitter or uh to michael because yeah. i'm not using my twitter um but we love hearing from from people so get in touch with us if you can we say this every time but people have reached out to us a couple of yeah it's it's, it's not like we're desperately yeah. <laughs> trying to get somebody to talk to us. We, we, we have heard some great things. I love when you, uh, cause I, I don't check the emails. I love when you send me screenshots. <laughs> We've gone from, I never gave you the password to, I gave you the password. <laughs> you never and I, and I, just, I haven't logged in on my phone yet. So I want to talk to me, uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah. If you want to talk to, to me, you, Michael can get a hold of me. <laughs> um, no, I'm just joking. I, uh, I, I really do genuinely love, uh, hearing from people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm also super enthusiastic about screenshotting absolutely everything and sending it to Charles. Yeah, yeah. that's our that's our go-to uh, means of conversation. So, no, again, th thank you to people who listen. Thank you to people who reach out to us. Thank you to people who say, hey, I want to be on Conversations with Philatelists. I love the, those messages. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, excellent. Until next time, Michael, this was a lot of fun. Yep. Love, love uh, the debriefing on virtual stamp X and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Absolutely. We'll um, we, next, we, this is coming out tomorrow. Actually, we're recording it Thursday. This is coming out Friday on Monday. We've got Eric Jackson. Eric Jackson was a great conversation. I really enjoyed that one and I'm really excited to share that with everybody. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that airing because I think he's the first um, 
Is he the first dealer we've talked to? Right? Uh, the first eBay dealer. We, we spoke to Pierre. Pierre, yes. True. Um, yeah. And other people who dabble in dealing. But um, yeah. Wayne Youngblood is Two. a dealer as yeah. well. So not yeah. our first dealer. Not our first dealer. We're going to... I'm going to say we're going to cut this, but we're not going to cut any of... <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, real-time fact check. Uh, Eric Jackson is not our first dealer, but okay. he is an exceptional conversation nonetheless. Yes. Yeah. You get to see a little bit of his um, of his store in the background or his inventory. Yeah, oh, his his operation is incredible. He's, yeah, it's great. It's it's, it's overwhelming. But uh, no, Eric on Monday. Yep. Until then, this is fun. We'll uh, we'll do it again real soon. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks, Michael. All right. Bye.